with Megan Bowman. I am your host, Megan Bowman, and we are on anchor.fm with Hawk Radio at HCC. Oh man, do we have an episode for y'all today. We are doing everything royal edition. We are going to talk about that bombshell interview with Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and Oprah. We have some facts about the royal family, must-see television shows and movies that you have to watch that have to do with the royal family, because honestly, if you watch one, I promise you're going to end up going down the rabbit hole to watch even more. So we are going to talk everything royal and it's going to be fabulous. I have some amazing clips for you guys. Some of my my top clips, I think, from the interview after I watched. Also, Oprah came on CBS the following day and talked to Gail and some other anchors about her thoughts about the interview. Some, you know, uh, stories that didn't air in the original interview. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of it. So we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, I'm gonna start with some must see shows and movies that you guys should watch. I'll see you in a minute. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town No postcode envy But every song's like gold teeth Grey goose tripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room We don't care We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like crystal Maybe back diamonds on your timepiece Jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold we don't care We aren't caught up in your love affair And we'll never be royal It's a one in our blood That kind of love's just ain't for us We crave a different kind of buzz Let me be your ruler Yeah. 
Welcome back, guys. That was Lord with her song, Royals. I thought, how appropriate. And don't worry, all of our music today is also going to be very royalty-themed. So we're going to get started in our must-see segment for today. I want to start with The Crown on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, you're crazy because this is one of those shows. I mean, I have just, I've actually watched the whole show like three times. I know it's, it's a lot, but the show is so great. And it's, so it's a fictional series and it spans four different seasons. And like I said, it's on Netflix. The whole show is covering the rise of Queen Elizabeth going back all the way to the abdication of Edward, right? So way back and how her father came to power. And so the first two seasons had different actors than these last two seasons. Um, Helena Bonham Carter is Princess Margaret and she is absolutely fantastic. Um, also, Emma Corrin plays Princess Diana in season three and four. And I've got to tell you, at first look, it's it looks like Princess Di. I mean, it, it it's an awesome show. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And it's funny because even in the interview, Oprah brings up the crown to Prince Harry. And she was like, okay, I watch the crown. So how do you guys feel about this show? Because honestly, I want to know if the queen is, you know, Queen Elizabeth is watching the crown. That's amazing. And of course he says, you know, it, there's similarities, but the show is fiction. They take real things that have happened and then fictionalize it, which I figured because it makes for better TV, but it does make you wonder how much of it did they actually hit on the head, right? And Prince Harry said, I'm much, I feel much better about the crown than what the tabloids are doing. Because if you guys know anything about um, the British tabloids, they are ruthless. And of course, you know, how Princess Di, rest in peace, she died from these tabloids following her in that chase in Paris. So already Prince Harry doesn't have a good relationship with the tabloids in the UK. So watch The Crown on Netflix. Even, even Prince Harry Meghan Markle and the Queen has watched an episode. So, um, so there's also speaking of the Queen, the same creator of The Crown also made a movie called The Queen, and it's starring Helen Mirren. It was directed by Stephen Frears. So this film is about Queen Elizabeth navigating the aftermath 
of Princess Di's untimely death. And Helen Mirren, if I'm not mistaken, won an Oscar for her portrayal of the Queen or Her Majesty the Queen. And she's fantastic in it. The movie is so good. Again, highly recommend it. Okay, so now these next three that I have for you, I fell into a rabbit hole. Once I watched The Crown I and The Queen, I wanted more royal family. And I watched another Netflix documentary called The Royal House of Windsor. And it's all actual footage. It's a documentary, so it's not fictionalized. I, I was hooked. I mean, I literally could not stop watching it. So this documentary series explores the whole history of the Windsor dynasty, which, you know, Queen Elizabeth is in the House of Windsor. Um, so this is a combination of new research evidence, assistance from family insiders, and access to the royal family's archives. It, it, it was so awesome. They, they talk about how George V rebranded the family um, from its original German roots. Also, some history there, um, because this is around 1917, Germany, World War One, World War Two. There's some there's some stuff happening there. You just you have to watch it. It it really was so good. And then if you guys have Disney Plus, you need to watch Diana in her own words. So this was made in 2017, but the documentary uses the recordings that Princess Diana made. Um, for a book that was written by Andrew Morton. Basically, it's her narrating her life and the events that she was surrounded by. And she talks about Camilla. She talks about her relationship to Prince Charles. I mean, wow. It was so informative and also slightly disheartening. It made me angry that she was treated in some of the ways that she was. It just, it made me love her even more than I already did. So Diana, in her own words on Disney Plus, go watch it. It made me feel all the feels. Now, our last one that you have to watch, James Corden is one of my favorite late night hosts. I have a lot because I really, I love them all. But James Corden has a theater background like me. I love him. He met with Prince Harry. And instead of doing carpool karaoke, he did basically kind of a carpool karaoke British style with a double-decker bus. And he basically became his tour guide as they rolled through LA and he's pointing at different things. Um, at the end, they actually went through an obstacle course and it, it was one of the most hilarious, you know, 
snippets that I think that James Corden has done. So go check it out. I'm going to play you a quick clip from that. And then we're going to take a break. We'll come back and let's talk about this interview. Interesting. My, my grandmother asked, asked us what art she wanted for Christmas. And Meg said a waffle maker. She sent us a waffle maker for Archie. No. So breakfast now, Meg makes up a beautiful, like, organic mix. Yeah. In the waffle maker, flip it, out it comes. He loves it. You're glossing over the fact that I cannot for the life of me imagine the Queen ordering a waffle maker to be sent to Santa, but I can't get my head around. <laughs> I don't even know how to comment on that. Archie wakes up in the morning and just goes, so in that clip, you can hear Prince Harry telling a story about the queen buying a waffle maker for his toddler son's birthday, or I'm sorry, Christmas. Um, and the rest of it, he talks about again, um, the crown and basically James Corden takes him to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's house. So the house used from that TV show with Will Smith and they knock on the door and he tries to get him to buy the house because James Corden thought it'd be funny if an actual real life prince lived in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's house. So anyway, go watch it. We're going to take this quick break. I'm going to leave you guys with Killer Queen by Queen. Enjoy and we will be back to talk about this interview. She keeps them always shunned in a pretty cabinet Let them be cakes, she says, just like Marie Antoinette A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy At any time, an invitation you can take Caviar and cigarettes, well-versed in etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer queen, got that agility Guaranteed it to blow your mind Recommended at the price Insatiable and appetite Wanna try? She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness Middleman from China Would die to get your mind Then again incidentally If you're that way You came naturally from Paris Because she couldn't care less Fastidious and precise She's a killer Queen Gunfire gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam Guaranteed to blow your mind Playful as a pussycat, the 
momentarily out of action, temporarily out of Welcome back to In the Moment with Megan Bowman. I am your host, Megan Bowman, and we are talking all things royal. I'm so glad you joined us. I'm so glad you're here with us because, as I've said, this is quite the episode. Everything royal, and we are going to talk about this interview. Hopefully, you caught it. I mean, CBS, it was all CBS and the Oprah Network, okay? Um, <clears throat> so this Oprah interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And if you don't know, Meghan Markle is the Duchess of Sussex. She is the wife to Prince Harry, who is obviously Queen Elizabeth's grandson, Princess Di's son. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with this quick clip from the interview itself, and then we're going to get right into talking about it. I think they agreed to do it, wanted to do it, were ready to do it, because when you have been lied about for a series of years, I think anybody, you, you can understand this, if in your own office or in your own family, somebody is saying things about you that are not true and how hurtful that is. Or if you're online and you read the comments from something that somebody has said about you and you continue to see those comments, how hurtful that is. So imagine that for over a period of months and years mm -hmm. and you know that it isn't true. Okay, here we have Oprah the day after the interview aired talking to Gail on CBS in the morning about why she thinks Prince Harry and Meghan agreed to do this interview at all. Um, you know, I as I was watching it, and we're going to go through... Um, kind of what the media, what the interview entailed and what was part of it. But as I was watching, you know, I wasn't overly surprised, unfortunately to say, by some of the things I had heard. Um, and, you know, I, I watched a lot of different news outlets, um, you know, talking to people, even in um, England after the interview. And a lot of English people were saying 
that they kind of sided with the queen and a lot of people in the States sided with Prince Harry and Meghan. And unfortunately in this, I really, I don't think it's something that should be cited one way or the other. I mean, based on, you know, what Meghan and Harry said to Oprah, geez, I, I just think it, it reveals why things should be changing. So anyway, um, you know, Megan revealed that she is pregnant because she came out and had this huge baby bump. Um, this will be her second child with Prince Harry and congratulations. And they're going to have a baby girl. So I can't wait to see more about that. I guess the baby is due this summer. So soon, only a few months away. Now, heads up about this interview. So Harry and Meghan also, they were not paid for this interview. They chose to come forward and tell their side of the story. So it's not like they were getting a huge paycheck out of this. I mean, of course, they're getting publicity and, right, any publicity is free publicity, but um, they did not physically get paid for the interview. So Megan talked a little bit about that story around the time that she was getting married that came out where all of the newspapers and tabloids were saying that she made Princess Kate cry, uh, Prince William's wife, Kate. Now, you know, only thing we know over here is what we read. So that's what everybody thought. Even Oprah says to her, you know, we thought that you made Kate cry. And apparently it did actually have something to do with the, um, what are they called? The little flower girls, the little bridesmaid flower girl dresses. Um, but she says that Kate never actually cried, but that Megan was the one who cried by Kate. Now, apparently they apologize or Kate apologized to her, sent her flowers. But at the end of the day, the tabloids flipped who made who cry so that Megan was represented one way in the media and Kate was represented, you know, another way in the media. And they really did this kind of good and evil thing. And they touch on it in the interview, but how Kate has been portrayed as like, quote unquote, the good girl. And Megan is portrayed as quote unquote, the bad girl. Um, now there were questions as to, was this done because Megan is half black? And I think that's a really valid point. And one would want to assume, no, of course not. But after Megan said this, it really got me thinking. So Megan revealed that somebody in the family, now, of course, they're not saying who, but revealed that they were worried about how 
dark Archie's skin would be. I'll, I'll say that again in case, <laughs> in case you didn't hear me. Um, Megan told Oprah that somebody in the family had a conversation with Harry and they were concerned when she got pregnant on how dark the baby's skin would be and how that would look. I'm going to roll this clip for you real quick. So we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security. He's not going to be given a title. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? About how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. Ooh. That yeah. was relayed to me from Harry. Those were conversations mm. that family had with him. So that was Megan talking about um, the conversation that she had with Harry. Now, the next day, when Oprah went on to CBS in the morning and spoke with Gail, she went a little bit further to talk about that conversation. Let, let's talk about, wait, the jaw-dropping moment, the first one, about the color of the baby's yeah. skin. Did you all have another conversation about it? Because that was something that, mm -hmm. there's a big guessing game all around the world. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? And yeah. I thought it was very touching that Harry still is choosing to protect the identity of whoever that was. Yes, and he did not share the identity with me, but he wanted to make sure that I knew, and if I had an opportunity to share it, that it was not his grandmother mother, nor his grandfather that were a part of those conversations. So as you can see, Oprah wanted to make it clear, really from Harry directly, that it was not the Queen or Prince Philip who made this, but... You know, I, there's a lot of speculation because that only leaves a few other people like Prince Charles or Camilla. There's really nobody else based on who he said it was that could have said it. Um, or, of course, it could be Prince William. We don't know. We'll never, most likely never know for sure. So speculation is really all you can assume at that point. Um, one would hope that it's not. I mean, it's a shame that it happened, of course, right? But one would hope that it's not Prince William based on all of these initiatives that he started. Um, so yeah, if we find out, of course, we'll share it with you um, as soon as we find out. Otherwise, unfortunately, we're not going to know about that. Now, Megan also talked a lot about mental health. And for me... I'm a huge advocate for mental health. Um, I'm actually also part of this helping and volunteering for this organization here in the States. Um, I'll, shameless plug, right? Called This Is My Brave. And look it up. I'll share it on our Facebook page uh, at In The Moment with MB. But it's about storytelling, saving lives, reducing the stigma of mental health. And Megan really talked about how telling her story was therapeutic, how 
you know, at the peak of all of this intense scrutinization from the media that she actually contemplated suicide and that she asked the institution for help and they denied her because of how that would look to the public. So she continuously asked for help. Doors were shut. Um, and finally she went to Harry and said this and you know, that she needs help and that these are the thoughts that she's having and she's not this person. She doesn't want to feel this way. And I am so glad that she spoke up and that she was able to, you know, find whatever help she could without actually going to a therapist because they stopped her from getting the help that she needed. Um, but this organization here in the States, This Is My Brave, please check it out, especially if you're depressed, if you've had any bad or ideations, go check them out. It's been amazing having the opportunity to work with them. The people who work for this company actually know about mental health. There's licensed licensed uh, professionals who, who work for this company and this organization, and they do great things for the community. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, this year we'll be able to bring that show to HCC or even USF campuses. Um, and of course, as we get further through that, I'll, I'll share that information with you. Maybe later this season, we'll be able to bring somebody from the organization to talk to you. But Megan really talked a lot about mental health and even Prince Harry did. And they, they really said from the media being so crazy, it was wearing on their mental health. It was wearing on their, literally her will to live. And this is why they left. Um, so, you know, Megan goes on basically sharing that we have no idea what's going on behind the closed doors and time and time and time again, the institution and the family, which are two separate entities. Basically you have your Royal family and then a group of people around kind of aides or not servants, but um, people who, who, who have a large influence on the family who surround, and they're called the institution, neither of which were supportive of her. Now she mentions that she had a, you know, a loss of identity and that they even, when Megan and Harry started dating, they recommended that Megan might might try to, um, keep acting, basically saying that she's not going to get any funding. So, you know, and even, even Harry and all of this, they told her to be less than 50% less. Like, what does that mean? Right. Um, and Harry did admit he was ashamed, um, to admit that Megan needed help to the royal family, and he called it a trapping environment. But he said that's how it is, and everybody in the royal family feels that way. 
apparently, because they've all been through it. And to be honest, he said he didn't even know if anybody else in the royal family had the same feelings, but he assumed. Um, so there's so much more, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the last bit about this interview. Guys, thank you. I am sure that you guys are just as interested in all of this as I am. I'm so happy you're here with me. Please enjoy this song by Ava Max, Kings and Queens. If all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast to all of the queens who are fighting alone. Baby, you're not dancing on your own. Can't live without me. You wanna, but you get a nana. Think it's funny, but honey, can't run this show on your own. I can feel my body shake. There's only so much I can take. I'll show you how. just joining us. This is In the Moment with Megan Bowman. And of course, I am your host, Megan Bowman. And that was Ava Max with Kings and Queens. So guys, if you are just joining us, we have been talking all things royal, all about this bombshell interview with Oprah and Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle. So we're going to just finish up talking about it, 
basically, you know, as, as I said earlier, they, Megan, okay, here's the timeline. Megan and Harry moved to Canada in 2019 after months of speaking with the queen about ways to get the press under control. They kept asking for help, weren't getting anywhere. So they moved to Canada in 2019 and had full intentions of serving the monarchy. Now, just before lockdown for coronavirus happened in March 2020, they relocated to L.A. At this time, the royal family came out in public and said all security for them and their son were stripped. So they had no more security. Basically, the world knew where they were and there was zero security. And because they knew that the borders would be closing very, very soon due to the lockdown of coronavirus, they left. So when they got to L.A., actor, producer and director Tyler Perry actually offered his home as a place of refuge and gave them security as well, because at this point, not only were they stripped of security, Prince Harry was stripped of all the basically allowances, money that he was getting from the royal family. What they've been living on, of course, is all everything that was left to him by his mom. So when they left, they wanted to, they had told the queen, they just wanted to step back from their senior roles in the family, but still be of service and help in any way they could, just not in England because the press was so bad. So the reason they went to Canada was because they suggested a Commonwealth country. Their initial intentions were not to relocate to the United States and to leave the royal family completely. So when asked, why did you leave? Lack of understanding, lack of support. They reiterated time and time again that the queen was not blindsided by this Megxit, as the British newspapers called it, instead of Brexit, Megxit. Anyway, they blamed her for everything. Um, this story came from within the institution to protect the family, but really they had been speaking almost two years to the queen about this. Now, when Prince Harry told his dad, Charles, that they were going, you know, Harry says he took matters into his own hands. He felt he had to do something for him and his family's mental health. Prince uh, Charles told him to put it in writing and then stop taking his calls. Now, apparently that was, you know, March, 2020. Now they're on a little bit better terms. Um, but even... Even throughout all of this, 72 female conservative and labor members of parliament came out and called, called out the colonial coverage of Meghan. They called it out. They said, this is not acceptable, but nobody in the family was saying anything. 
or defending Megan to the press. Um, you know, they spoke about the level of death threats that they were getting because of the press and because the press was inciting this racism. But then they're having to deal with these conversations where people in the family are worried about the color of the child. So it is definitely one of those, um, you know, institutionalized things. I mean, the whole thing was mind blowing to me. You know, Megan talks about how she received no training to be royal, that Fergie met her outside, um, outside one of their homes right before meeting the queen for the first time and taught her how to curtsy and that she just kind of went with it. And I mean, I, uh, you know, I think that one of the most like real hard hitting things that Megan said throughout the whole interview is that she talks about being stuck in this house, that all of these newspapers are writing all these stories, but that she hadn't left. She hadn't done anything. Um, and she talks about watching The Little Mermaid, that Disney movie with Ariel, and relates to it on the fact that she gets the prince, but in order to do so, she has to lose her voice. Well, in the end, Ariel got the prince and got her voice back. And, you know, from here on In the Moment with Megan Bowman, I, I do. I have a kindred spirit with Megan. We spell our names the same way, right? M-E-G-H-A-N for the win. And we support you, girl. I hope that you get whatever help you need and that you're happy and you find joy and peace and comfort and love and light. And just know that you have been rocking it and you've been doing a fabulous job. And I doubt that Megan will ever listen to our little podcast, but her and Harry have our total, total, total support. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the storytelling will, will ease some of the tensions between some of the people in the family. Um, but she stands by that she did get her prince and her happy ending is better than any fairy tale you've ever read. So yeah, we, um, we're just, we're happy that they had a voice that they were able to speak to Oprah and get their stories out. And, oh, if you haven't had a chance, go to CBS, watch this interview. I think it's even on YouTube guys. Okay. Watch the interview and listen, listen to the things they say. It's, unbelievable. So we're going to take a break and we will be right back. Bite my tongue, bite my time, wearing a warning sign. Wait till the world is mine. 
you're here to join us. We are talking all things royal on today's episode and in the moment with Megan Bowman. And of course, I am your host, Megan Bowman. And that song was Billie Eilish, You Should See Me in a Crown. Such an awesome song, such an awesome performer. And I hope you guys have enjoyed our royal music in today's episode. So we are going to go over some interesting facts, according to BuzzFeed at least, about the royal family that shows just how different they are. This is from an article by Ben Armsen, and it was it was um, released in November of 2020, so not too long ago. Um, some interesting things on here. I feel like you know, maybe sometimes you want to relate, you know, and, and think about, oh, I I could be like them in this way. And some of these facts just remind us that we are totally different people. (laughs) So 
One of the first ones is the queen's handbag. That little black bag you always see her carrying is actually used to pass secret messages to her staff, not just to, you know, look a certain way. So all she does is pass her purse onto her opposite arm and that subtly signals that she would like someone to come interrupt her conversation so she can keep it moving. Of course, while being polite all the while. Um, another one is the queen always travels with her own personal kettle for tea. She cannot use another kettle in another place. So that's not a super crazy one, but you know, I, I probably would not take our little tea kettle off the stove. If I was going on a trip, I would actually, I would 100% not because I don't have room. I need my bag to fit and carry on. You know what I'm saying? Okay. When traveling, the Royals must always take at least one black outfit with them just in case a member of the royal family dies. So they're always prepared for the best, but always prepared for the worst as well. So we live in Tampa, and you can go down to the pier and take these little boats and go watch dolphins. But all of the dolphins and whales in Britain are owned by the queen. So I don't, I don't think anybody owns the dolphins here in Tampa, but apparently they are all owned by her if you go to England. So yeah. And okay. I am, when my husband and I first got together, I was like 20, 21 or 22, I had to call my mom and ask her, um, mom, excuse me. I didn't ask her how to sneeze. <laughs> I had to ask her, mom, how do you iron clothes? Cause I had no idea. And he had shirts that he wanted ironed. I didn't know how to iron. He didn't know how to iron. So I was like, oh, I'll be a good girlfriend and I'll iron this for you. Well, I only messed up one shirt, but according to Princess Diana's former butler, Prince Charles has somebody iron his shoelaces. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to y'all. If my husband had asked me to iron his shoelaces, I would have taken the shoelaces, crumbled them up in a little ball and thrown them at him. But I don't, I don't have any anger issues, in case you're wondering. <laughs> okay, so when I wake up in the morning, I have an alarm clock on my phone, and it'll beep. But the queen has a bagpipe player under her window every morning play for her to wake up. Now, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I am not a huge bagpipe fan. I hear it. And like the only thing I think of is Mel Gibson and Braveheart. So yeah, that would definitely not be my wake up call. If I had the funds available that she does, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but no, I do. 
I would have the Queen of the United States, Beyonce Knowles, be singing under my window to wake me up. That is the queen I would have wake me up, okay? Now, the royals are also not allowed to eat seafood. I am not angry at this. I am not a, a huge um, seafood person, right? But apparently there's such a high risk with food poisoning. They um, just want to, you know, get rid of that completely. So no seafood. So it looks like no fish and chips for them, apparently. Um, so <laughs> have you ever bought a new pair of shoes and put on super thick socks to break them in? Because otherwise your feet hurt, right? Now I've tried to break my shoes in on a night out of the town and it's usually ended with us walking back to our car with my shoes in my hand, walking barefoot on the sidewalk. Well, apparently the queen has somebody who can do that for her and breaks in her new shoes so she never suffers any discomfort. Um, now, also, here, here's a weird thing, right? I guess it's smart, though. The queen always travels with a couple bags of her own blood just in case while she's on a trip and she needs a blood transfusion. Again, planning for the worst and always planning for the best. Um, so <laughs> the queen does not need a driver's license in order to drive a car. Now, I did hear recently that Prince uh, Prince Philip, because he's in like his 90s, he's, he's pretty old, that he had gotten into a car accident and was still driving. And they they took that away from him. So he can no longer drive. But she don't need any driver's license. And she can go where she wants because literally, the country is hers. <laughs> and last but not least, apparently there was an up close and personal documentary made about the royals that showed all about their royal lives in Buckingham Palace. And it aired in 1969, and <laughs> people had stated that it kind of ruined the physique around them, but it was an attempt to bring them back into favor. But the documentary was so badly received that the queen recalled the film to the royal archives so it can only be seen with her permission. Now, I feel as though I have watched this documentary or parts of it are in um, the one of the things that we told you, the Royal House of Windsor, um, in our must-see segment earlier this show. So I feel like some parts of that documentary are in that. Um, also there's one about her 90th birthday and there, you can go down a full rabbit hole, everything. And I bet if you look hard enough, you'll be able to find that documentary without the queen's permission. So that is our interesting, if you will, freaky facts. Let's call them royal facts for today. All about the royal family. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to our show. It was amazing to talk to you guys, all things royal. I'm going to leave you with our happy thoughts. 
And I'm going to play a funny clip from the James Corden and um, Prince Harry carpool karaoke on a double-decker bus. Um, the A little snippet of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and him because hopefully it'll make you laugh like it did me and then you'll go and watch it. Guys, join us next week. We will be back and I love talking to you. I love being here with you. Have a wonderful weekend and week. Mwah. Bye. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. Now take a minute. And sit right there. Sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel How cool it would be to live. To go, I'm a prince. Living I live in. in the house of the fresh prince. I'm actually dying for a pee. Can I use your bathroom? <laughs> you for real? <laughs> Can I? Hang on. I've had a COVID test. I'm good. You're going for a wee? Yeah, is that Do good? It, yeah, the fresh prince. <laughs> Hello, hello. Hi, very nice to meet you, Sasha. Hello, very nice to meet you.